Welcome back to another episode of the Beatnik Brother Podcast. It's been a few months, actually several months. I think the last one I did was in April. Got kind of tied up this year, doing a lot of different things, having fun, sidetracked, and uh, you know the time just kind of gets away from you. But uh, we're almost up on the end of the year, and I thought it's time to do this. I've got some other ideas for next year that I think are going to make this a whole lot more fun. And I'll try to get to a reg- regular, uh, predictable schedule. So when I was thinking of, of how I was going to close out 2021 as it relates to this pro- podcast and the people that listen to it, I thought, what are what are some of the things that, that I've learned or that I've observed? And each year that I've been here, now three, I tried to look at it and see what did I learn? What have I have observed? And what could I share with someone else out of that experience? And so this episode, I've basically got four things. And I would say those are L.A., some observations. I've got two observations and I've got two misconceptions. And out of that, I think you will you may find some value in what we're you know, about what I'm going to present today. So let's start off with number one on a on a on a high note. What is an observation that I've seen uh, uh, from the time I've lived in Los Angeles for three years? The first thing I would say is that, in terms of that observation, is that LA is like a pizza, and when you go to the pizza place, you order pizza, you order like a works pizza. It has if you like meat, it's got meat on it. If you like vegetables, it's it's got vegetables. If you want if you like cheese and sauce and crust, it's got those. So when I think of L.A., I think of a works pizza. And that's a good way to look at it, because if you if some if you eat a works pizza or someone orders a pizza with all the fixings and you decide you're like me, I don't really like onions. Well, you know, I'll just take that rather than balk at that slice of pizza. I'll just take that slice of pizza and I'll pick the onions off. And that's a good metaphor for Los Angeles because it's a little bit of it's a little bit of everything. There's all sorts of people here. And what makes L.A. unique is if I look at it from the other angle in a, in a large part of the world, People try to put a square peg in a round hole, so to speak. There is a lot of pressure for you to fit a certain type of person, and not everybody fits that. Not everybody is going to be that square pe- that that square peg to go into the round hole. Well, in LA, instead of trying to force a square peg into a round hole, you could be that square peg and you go make yourself a square hole. You you set your own destiny here. And that's very refreshing to me because L.A. has lots of races, religions, as interests, income, whatever group you want or affiliation that you want to, to subscribe to or join, you can do it here. And that's quite unlike any other place that I've been to or any other place that I've lived. And I compare LA to Texas because that's where I've I've been. And so when I look at LA, I think 
whatever your spot, if you're Jewish and you only want to engage with Jewish people where there are areas of town where you can, you're allowed to hang on to your Jewish culture and go to Jewish shops and restaurants and entertainment. If you want to, if you're Chinese, then you can go to areas of town that are devoted to you. You're, you're able to continue to be an American, but you can hang on to your cultural identity or your group dynamic, whatever that is. And there's no place else I've seen or been to in the United States that's like that. And no matter what, no matter how nuts, so to speak, your idea is, someone here will listen to it. And someone here you know, if you want to start your own cult, someone here will listen to you. And for all of the potential negatives that people find, there are a lot of positives in that. Because as I said, the square peg into a round hole example, that doesn't, you know, that that prohibits a lot of people from being themselves. And I think about all the people that I've met in life that are busy trying to please their parents or or their their relatives or their friends. And they just, they're just not going to fit in. They're not going to live their, their life. And when I think of some of the examples of, of what makes LA, what it is, of this works pizza and this dynamic, you know, this, this dynamic, ever evolving thing or place or destination that it is, I think about two industries. The first of them is the entertainment industry. And I had a guy ask me, why are people in the entertainment industry always tend to be liberal? And I thought about it and I said, well, it's because they're typically creative. And when you are a creative type person, by default, your mind doesn't work in a standard structured type pattern. My mind as an engineer, my mind works in a structured, organized fashion. I can be creative, but my creativity is always governed by certain processes and limits. And the entertainment industry has people that are creative and creativity doesn't always happen in a structured type of process. People need a lot of freedom. And I read an article a while back where a director said, one of the reasons that people are liberal is that the job of a movie director is, or a person in, in the entertainment industry, their job is to convince people to care about characters and to care about the story that that person is, is representing or to listen to this particular form of music or whatever. And you've got to be able to sympathize and understand and deliver humanity to those people. You can't be a person that is so hardcore rules and rigid and sticking to the script, the same script as before, and be successful in the entertainment industry by default. Well, that has to take place in an area that allows for creativity. Contrary to popular belief, you could not pick up the Southern California movie industry and drop it into the Southern United States and say, go be successful, that there's a cultural switch there. I look at the tech industry the same, the same way. I mean, I'm in the tech industry and that's where I, that's where I make my living, but the tech industry is primarily the software that we use, the ideas that are developed 
those are from people who are creative. Those are from quote tree huggers and people that wear sandals and want to bring their dog to work and, you know, use, uh, use essential oils for deodorant. A lot of that, that quirkiness comes from really smart, creative people. And you have to have an environment where they, where they feel free to express themselves no better place than than California. So that's an observation about the melting pot or the works pizza or the dynamic that makes LA what it is. And I think there are a lot of positives in that. So what's a misconception? One of the misconceptions that I hear, the biggest one is that California and Los Angeles is, is too expensive. And the way I typically answer that is that Cost. I actually I answer that in two ways. The first, the first, I would say is that if you look at the geography of California, on one side you have the ocean, on the other side you have the mountains, and people live between that space. At its widest point, California is only two hundred and fifty miles wide. At its widest point, so there's a limited amount of space for people to live. But now in general, costs are relative to your lifestyle wherever you want to live. So when someone tells me that it's too expensive to live in California, I say, no, it isn't. It's based on how you chose to live your life. If you live in, say, Dallas, Texas, where I used to live, if you make $20,000 a year, but you want to you wanna ball out of control, that's not likely to happen. You have to live to your level of income, regardless of where you are. So when people say it's too expensive, I say, well, that depends on how your lifestyle is, because there are people who are who are servers, there are people who are sanitation workers, there are all different sorts of people here that are living their life and enjoying their life, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, one of the one of the other areas that that people complain about in terms of making LA expensive is that the cost of, as they say, doing business, it's too overregulated. There's too many business rules. Businesses are leaving. Well, this is the fifth largest economy in the world. And, you know, they hate to see businesses move, but there are a lot of businesses that come back in. But when I look at why there are regulations, I see things or why they, they say this isn't a business-friendly environment, I see things that that probably others don't see. I welcome regulation because regulation to me means protection for labor. I'm a person that works. So I like the idea that labor gets protection, that there are regulations for that. I like the idea that there's environmental protection, that you can't just go drill oil in wherever you want to drill or cut down national forests to make a fast buck. I like that that idea. I like the idea that that people can't discriminate against you across the board based on your gender or your race. To a large segment of the company, country I should say, that's you know, that's to them, that's uh, what do you call it? That's unfriendly to business. But to me, I look at that and say, yeah, that increases the cost of of goods and services here. But there's a there's a benefit to that. I also have a lot of times people complain about the gas prices too high. Well, there there are there are some issues with that. The gas prices are set by 
private companies or public companies that do that. There's also, because of the environmental protection that I mentioned previously, the price of gas is, is, is high here because of transportation costs to get it here. Secondly, there's a certain level of refining that has to take place for gasoline to be sold and burned in your car here. So it costs more to refine gas for the California market than it does in a place where the regulations are, are rather lax. So those are some of the issues that that I hear a lot when people say that LA is too expensive. They also I also hear the idea that that you know from a tax perspective, yeah, the tax rate is higher, but this past year the state had a $30 billion tax surplus and they started giving money back out. I haven't gotten any sort of tax break since I sold a house year over 10 years ago. I have never gotten a tax refund. I moved to California and I got a tax refund because the state had taken in more tax revenue. In my personal business, I have state farm insurance. I have insurance on two cars, uh, a truck, three motorcycles, renter's insurance, and a separate life policy. And when I moved from California to Texas, my rates decreased by over $100 a month. I asked my state farm agent, why did my rates decrease? I was expecting an increase. And he said, well, because unlike where you previously live, the state of California doesn't allow insurers to just take blatant advantage of you and jack up the rates. The state makes sure that you don't get taken advantage of. And there's no reason that you should be paying higher rates in Texas than you are in California. The reason that that is, is because there's no rule to prevent them from doing it. So I'm thinking, wow, I, I was expecting it to go up and I got a break. And finally, salaries are higher. So when people tell you that that it's more expensive, you got to also understand that the average salary here is 30 to 40% higher. So, you know, school teacher, a school teacher in Texas that might be making $50,000 for teaching elementary school in Texas could potentially be making 80 to $85,000 here teaching elementary school in California. Obviously the taxes are higher. And, you know, as I said earlier, there are some associated costs, but then you have to live to your, to your, and adapt your lifestyle to your level of, of income. So whenever someone says that LA is too expensive, that's really a misconception you can manage it. So back to another observation. And that observation is that California is a, is a young person's world. And what do I what do I mean by that? As I said in my first observation, it's a melting pot. It's a you know it's a works pizza with all kinds of fun stuff. But if you think of, think of most of the trends that young people do in the United States, and I think about like me, if I use me for example, I still as a middle aged man, I still ride skateboards. I still do BMX stuff. I still ride motocross. I still will occasionally eat fast food. Those are all typically young people sorts of things. And those are all things that were created here in, in California. I think of the weather and it's sunny and typically it's sunny. The weather is typically mild and nice. And that, that has a way of giving you a carefree type of spirit. You don't feel like it's, you're down in the dumps because the weather's agreeable. Those are all things that make it pleasant 
for a young person to be here. And you talk, and if you think about the freedom that I mentioned earlier to do and be whoever you want to be, that all adds up to, to being a young person's world. But now at the same time, I think, I think that California being a young person's world, there's an underside to that. And the underside of youth is that this makes you realize that time waits on no man as a, or woman, as I like to say. And you got to focus on what's important and you better seize the day because you're going to run out of time. Time is not your friend. And the underside of that is that, you know, youth and desirability fade. And I'm in an area in Beverly Hills where I see youth and beauty all the time. But those things fade and you can only hold on to it before the, the proverbial adage, next man, next woman up. You've, you know, it's now your time to hand the reins to, to someone younger. And many people can't accept that. I mean, I look at almost every day there's some new there's some older female celebrity who who is you know in her in their 40s or 50s and you know the attention isn't quite coming the way that they're used to it so what do they start doing they start with with the thirst traps and you know the swimming pool pictures and I'm living my best life and they you know start taking clothes off to get attention and I there's a part of me that feels bad for them I mean I look at them and go you can't you know you can show all the all the thirst traps you like, but Cal, you know, LA is the headquarters of the adult movie industry. Anyone with a phone or a computer can look at any level of nudity that they that they desire. But this person has decided that you know, for me to get recognition, for me to try to hold on to fame while I can, I've got to you know, I've got to release those types of pictures. The other side of that, from a man's perspective, is that. Men, as as uh, in the terms of youth, the men that a lot of these people are after, the men are always going to go younger. And I know that's that's an unfortunate reality for a lot of people. But but men in L.A. are all, it, the default setting is you is to go with someone younger. And if your whole value is built on youth and beauty and all of those things, you have to understand that that at some point you're going to be replaced. And that's something that I see here. And I think for all of the happiness, there's a lot of that downside that takes place that people don't want to deal with until they, they find themselves in that situation. And, and if you stay alive, you can be the most beautiful person in the world and you can have all the attention that you like, but stay alive long enough and it's going to go away. And, and, you know, as they say, I've heard, I've heard the rumor in LA or the words in LA, they say for women life in, in the entertainment industry, life ends at age 35 because, it, because your competition is someone in their twenties. There's not, you know, there's not a lot of people chasing 40 and 45 year old and 50 year old women in LA. And that's unfortunate, no matter what they bring to the table or how beautiful they are. That's just the reality that it's a young person's world. And that's a downside. So that's an, that's one of my observations, and finally, my final uh, piece is a misconception, and that is that L.A. is pretentious. I hear that all the time from people in people all across the United States who will say that, and my response is always the same: is that for all of its differences, L.A. is is 
just a larger version of small town dynamics. I grew up in a small town in East Texas. So when I graduated from high school, I think we had 65,000 people in my hometown, 65 or 70,000 at the most. And even in that town of 70,000 people, there were people who were considered the wealthy, the, you know, his daddy, his grandfather started the, you know, the first national bank of whatever, or his daddy or his grandma did this or that or the other. And those people were the quote, cream of the crop, so to speak, in my little hometown, or the person that's got the new IROC Z or the Ford F1, tricked out Ford F-150, all of a sudden, that person is is top of the heap. That's that's not being necessarily being pretentious, but that's some of the same things you see in that small town experience you see here. So when someone says LA is pretentious, I say, well, look at, go back and look at your own town and you'll find a lot of the same things. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's cool to bash. I should say cool. It's, it's, it's fun to bash on larger cities, LA, Chicago, New York, Miami, you know, San Francisco, wherever there is a large quantity of people, you're going to have, you're going to have segments of society that are different than others. And and as I said, that makes it no different than any other, any other group. I'm sure in whatever small town or smaller town you live in, there are people that feel like, Hey, I'm cream of the crop. I mean, I know back in, when I lived in Plano, Texas, there were people who grew up with nothing and now they live in Plano, Texas, a nice suburb. And they look down on the people in the areas that they grew up in. That's pretentious. That's pretentious. You were one of those people and now you're not and you're pointing a finger. It's not fair to say that Los Angeles is any different. I mean, in my case, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm completely transparent to most people. I live in Beverly Hills, but I don't live in a behind a gated compound. I live in a 1964 built condo, 1,500 square feet, two bedroom, two bath. There's nothing beautiful about it. There's nothing pretty about it. It's functional. And that same token, I have people that live in this building that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars too. So, you know, I'm kind of transparent on that. And, and I know that people may think, that I'm being pretentious, but I'm not. It's, you know, it's just, it just is what it is. I think most people are trying to live their lives. They're not trying to convince you here. Most people here are just doing what they want to do and whatever makes them happy. And what I've learned is that I allow a person to celebrate their happiness. Man, if you got a new car and you want to post that on social media, Post it on social media. I'll clap a hand for you. I'll sit in the passenger seat. I'll pat you on the back and go, wow, you know, you got a promotion at work. Wow, I'm happy for you. You, you know, you change your body. You get some surgery too. And you got a BBL if that's what, you know, Brazilian butt lift. If that's what you want and it makes you happy, hey, by all means, I'll clap and celebrate with you. I'll blow the party horn. At the same time, if you're down in the dumps, why well, I'll hug you and pick you up there too. So. LA is not really pretentious on the, you know, in, in the, in the ways that people say that it is. I just say, look at, turn that filter back on yourself and on your own town and you'll see some of the same examples there. So that's my episode, my simple episode for this 
for this end of the year. Two observations and two misconceptions. I hope that brought some, some value to you or even a different way of thinking. I found that the podcasts are becoming more popular with, uh, with, one set, with one particular segment. I was told from one of the comments that I'm getting, I, get, I got a lot of cosmetic surgeons that listen to the podcast. And so that's great. I wish more people would. For 2022, I've got some different ideas and I'm going to do these on a more more frequent basis because that's the way to to get the engagement up. But in the meantime, hope everyone has a safe and happy holiday season. And I hope that you end 2021 on a high note and with happiness and with plans to make 2022 great, whether you live in LA or whether you live in God knows, God knows where. So be happy, be blessed. And best wishes for a happy new year.